The following podcast may contain strong language and adult themes and is therefore entirely suitable for Danes of all ages. This is English for Danes. Daisies blooming Sundress swaying in the breeze I can't stop staring You've put a spell on me Hello again, or hello. To add to the heads-up warning about potential adult themes, and pardon my French language, here's another. I'm going to be making some sweeping generalizations about Denmark and the Danes. Please take these with a good pinch of salt. I'm not an unhappy British expat, stuck in Denmark wishing I was back home, or anywhere else. Denmark isn't a wow place. In fact, there's very little ooh about it either. But you can hardly blame the Danes for not having majestic mountain scenery or exotic wildlife. Though it did have a family of wolves for about ten minutes, bloody immigrants. Denmark is, to my mind, a well-functioning, mostly, attractive, mostly, pleasant, mostly, place to live. Not the most exciting words, I admit, but life in Denmark would rarely be described as exciting, unless you're Swedish. When I first moaned to Christine, the wife, about Denmark's lack of excitement, she quite reasonably responded, What do you want? Murders? Fair enough. Denmark's values generally sit well with me, so I could excuse its comparative dullness for the sake of having a safe, relatively comfortable life. And it doesn't get much more comfortable than Ustabro, home. Christine once heard Ustabro described on the radio as the place you move to when you've stopped living. A touch unfair, perhaps, but with a nightlife to rival the Vatican, it's also hard to argue. I like Ustabro, ignoring the ridiculously overpriced shops, including two dress-your-dog boutiques. It's safe, green, and has an entertaining number of people proving how fit they are. I'm not particularly fit, and feel even less so when I leave the front door. I'll wander up to the lakes for a coffee and a fag, and watch sporty folk run past in their professional and not-so-professional styles. Just to be clear, when I say I wander up to the lakes for a coffee and a fag, it's a cigarette, I mean, not to engage in some civilised gay fun. That's the American offensive use of fag. So lower your eyebrows next time a Brit asks you, fancy a fag? So we live in Ustabro, and we have a summer house an hour's drive away. As you do. Before joining the summer house party, we rented houses throughout Denmark. Lolland, Als, Rinkubing, Skeen, Eru, Samsu, Bonholm. Christine's from Jutland, and we have family and friends in Horsens, Scannabor, Aarhus, Herning. Why the list? Because I'm fully aware Ustabro isn't Denmark and my take on Denmark and the Danes isn't restricted to this privileged collection of Indus-listed voters. As mentioned in the first pod, I'm an English teacher. I go into Danish companies to brush up the English skills of their employees. As a rule, I kick things off with a few icebreaker questions. What do you think of your royal family? 
your tax system, etc. I also throw in the question, if you could change anything about Denmark, what would that be? The weather. Yes, yes, they all agree, the weather. So we have a little chat about the weather. Anything else that could improve Denmark? Nope, that's it. I will, on this podcast, occasionally exaggerate, but not in this case. I've taught lawyers, pig farmers, engineers, bankers, and apparently the only thing that could possibly improve Denmark is the weather. Okay, as Danes clearly love to discuss the weather, possibly because it's the only thing they haven't perfected yet, I'll return to the weather another time. Give the public what they want. The lack of ideas on what could improve Denmark used to puzzle me. It doesn't now. When you've spent your life being trip-fed news stories, extolling the virtues of the Danish way, with a constant stream of surveys putting Denmark top for this and top for that, you believe Denmark really is paradise, the land of milk and honey, or at least better than everywhere else. And maybe it is. There really isn't too much wrong with Denmark, though I'll do my best. But before I engage in challenging values you hold dear, and making playful digs at your homeland and fellow Danes, be assured that I am far from being a patriotic British expat. There are many things I love and miss about the UK, such as the pub culture, the rolling countryside, the street-level courtesy and friendliness, cultural diversity, and the sense of humour, though Danes have a similar one. But the UK is crap in other ways, and I'm sure I'll mention them. And recently the UK has been an utter shit show. In fact, a show run by an utter shit, Boris Johnson. What on earth? Thankfully, the self-promoting, lying clown has now gone, for now. Our new, unelected prime idiot, Liz Truss, is a dream. After the long, long, enforced mourning of a dead 96-year-old, thick Lizzie only needed one week to wreck both the economy and the Conservatives' chances of being re-elected. She's great fun. Yes, I'm a lefty. And so was my mum, well, and my dad, but my mum was more despairing at the Tories, the Conservatives. And despairing, she was very, very good at. She would watch the news and sigh very loudly, usually accompanied with a, oh, how could they? Like me, my mum read the Guardian newspaper. If you don't know the Guardian, it's a left-wing paper part-owned by the Danish state. Or at least it feels that way. The Guardian loves Denmark and all things Danish. My mum would cut out and post me every single article about Denmark. Bless. Unfortunately, I always felt the need to point out that things weren't always as rosy as The Guardian depicted, and that's maybe what inspired me to write my book in the first place. To be fair, The Guardian has recently become a little more critical, but only regarding Denmark's immigration and integration policies which aren't fab. Although Danes like to hear what others think of them, I've been warned. Be nice. It's not that hard. I know the Danes to be a warm, friendly, embracing people. I know this from parties, 
my wife's friends and family, the parents of my kids' friends, and the countless Danes I've taught. Many of these have had repeat courses, so I've got to know them really quite well. I even had a lawyer once a week for 14 years, which says a lot about my teaching. I can count the not-so-pleasant students I've had on one hand, and there's no but, at least today. I want to make a few comments about what to expect from this podcast, but I'll first give you a brief worth remembering. And because I've mentioned wolves and the weather, a like that combines animals and the winter. Worth remembering. Please stop asking, How long time have you been in Denmark? Or, How long time anything? After how long, kill the word time. Always. How long have you been married? How long did it take? Also, kill the word time after too long. It took too long, not it took too long time. So does time never follow long? It can, but only in the phrases it took a long time, it happened a long time ago. And there's the word ago, so I might as well throw in another, worth remembering. I phoned him for two days ago. You phoned him for what? Oh, I see. Please stop adding for before ago. Yes, the Danish equivalent does, but we don't. Kill four. I phoned him two days ago. Today's like is two changes since my early days in Denmark. Change number one. Hardly anyone now parades around in dead animals. When I first arrived, the winter collection was horrific. Anything vaguely furry was skinned and worn. Rabbits, foxes, mink. Sealskin was everywhere. Apparently it's great for keeping out the cold, which I guess is why seals would rather keep them. To replace fur, some Danish women now parade around in... What's the name? These things I used to wrestle my kids into at Vogelstu. Fluidracht, that's it. Very practical. Not my cup of tea. On Saturday, I saw my first adult fluidract of the season in Holbeck. I resisted the temptation of going up to her and asking, Hello, what's your name? Are you lost? My clothing style hasn't changed in 40 years, so I really shouldn't be commenting. Change number two. Hunting is sadly still legal and very popular but at least one horror show, Bestiality, is now finally illegal. A quote from my years ago book. I read the other day that if I wanted to, I could have sex with animals, but only if they don't suffer. That's covered by law. An animal brothel owner, yes, really, is quoted as saying his horses crave sexual stimulation. I'm sure they do but they presumably prefer it from other horses. Maybe Herman from Hamburg is a horse's wet dream. But does Denmark really want people visiting with the sole purpose of buggering their farm animals? Denmark was certainly slow to act, but it's a welcome change. I don't remember a crowd of animal brothel owners protesting outside Christiansborg, so I guess they must have received a generous financial rescue package. And rightly so. They literally lost a stable income. To finish off, a few comments on this English for Danes podcast. Number one, this podcast is for Danes. 
You know about Denmark, so I conveniently don't have to struggle to explain Danish quirks like Indelsleihe and Nicholas Bentner. And I won't have to spend a whole pod listing the multitude of different taxes. I'm also not going to bombard you with statistics. Take it from me, Denmark was top, and you would have heard that anyway. If you want statistics, the recent books on Denmark have plenty of them, as they're predominantly written for non-Danes, explaining why you're apparently very happy. Also, you may wonder why I often say Danes rather than you, as in Danes love pork rather than you love pork. You sometimes feels a little too direct, a little too personal. You Danes can be direct and sometimes can be a little too personal, at least for this repressed Englishman. But I hope you understand why I'm avoiding you. Well, I'm not avoiding you, I'm avoiding whatever. Number two. In time, I may get overly ambitious and invite guests on. Maybe an ex-animal brothel owner, or Meta the Mink Slayer. Until I do this, if I ever do, I fully recognise that the podcast is very one way. You're only getting my opinion, and sometimes that opinion will feel like an attack. Maybe it's a little like in that classic and painfully funny clown episode where Frank Pham whips the crap out of poor, wheelchair-bound Bodil before covering her wounds with a Santa beard. Brilliant. Number three. Any similarity to anyone I know is purely coincidental. If I relate a story, I won't use their real name. I may use one of my favourite Danish names like Bo, Ib, Bent, Gitta. Maybe I'll change their sex too, or give them no gender at all, just to be more Scandinavian. By the way, regarding names, it's Gareth. Seventeen years later, my wife's dad and brother still call me Gert or Gerhardt. And my last name, Pritchard, not Prickhard. Gert Prickhard makes me sound like an ageing porn star. And number four, I will get things wrong, and I apologise in advance. I don't know all the facts, and you're very welcome to put me straight. You're also welcome to contact me somehow if you feel what I've said is offensive, cruel, morally reprehensible, tasteless, or an abuse of power. Once I have 100 such complaints, I'll celebrate by baking a cake. Then I'll commit a crime and start my own party. Inga Stoiber, you're an inspiration to us all. Cheers.